0: I have two scripture lessons for this morning. The first comes from Psalm 150. I invite you to listen with me for the word of God. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his surpassing greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with clanging cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Our gospel lesson comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. I invite you to stand in body or spirit for the reading of the gospel. After the Sabbath, on the first day, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary, Magdalene, and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guard shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. But he is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has been raised from the dead. And indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy, and they ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and they worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. You may be seated.
1: Today we finish uh, our series of uh, uh, looking at Brene Brown's book, The Gifts of Imperfection. Each Sunday during the Lenten season, we've taken a look at some of the different uh, guideposts that she has had and see how they relate in the context of our Christian faith. And I love the one for today because it fits for Easter so well, cultivating laughter, song, and dance, letting go of being cool and in control. And that's exactly what happened in the main event that started this Christian faith that we're here to celebrate today. Jesus gave up being cool and being in control when he allowed the evil forces of his day to literally strip him and beat him and crucify him. And yet, the transformation that happened in the midst of that was a powerful beginning to our faith, to the church that we know, to the scriptures that we read, and to uh, the lives that we seek to live. It's because he let go of being cool and in control that we can find resolution for those things which are out of our control. I was going to say, uh, with the baptism today, to make sure that we extend an invitation. Easter is a wonderful time uh, for baptisms and also for Holy Communion, and it's a time to celebrate the sacraments, sacraments that help us understand that we belong to God. We usually say that baptism is for infants, children, adults, anyone who wants to experience the welcome and the belonging that God offers to God's people. In the first century A.D., it was dangerous for people to worship God. It was dangerous because of the persecution. And that persecution began on the day of resurrection. Pastor Daniel read from Matthew And he ended just before we heard what happened after the disciples left and they went to tell the others that he had risen. Well, the soldiers who had trembled in fear and and had fallen asleep, oh man, they were in trouble and they knew it. And the only thing that they could figure out to do was to go and tell the chief priests their difficulties. And the chief priest said, that's easy. Just say that the disciples came and stole the body out of the tomb. And that's the story that will spread. And you you can just hear the the, the guards saying, well, that's not what happened. It, It happened differently. The tomb was empty. Jesus was not there. No one stole his body. In fact, the chief priests had to scrape together a bunch of money to buy off those guards to get them to spread a story that his body was stolen. And that's a story that, according to the scripture, is continuing to this day as a lie that is being told. The soldiers didn't want to do it because they knew what they had seen And the women who were at the tomb knew what they had seen. And so they were filled with laughter, with song, and with dance as they celebrated the victory of God over death itself. Brene Brown, in her book, calls this guidepost number 10, cultivating laughter, song, and dance. Laughter. Laughter. That's what happened when the disciples realized that Jesus was alive. The tomb is empty with fear and great joy they ran to tell the story. The song, the song of life and joy and completeness now resounds over the songs of doubt, death, despair, and hopelessness and dance. How many of you uh, danced into the building today? I don't know. We're we're pretty quiet around here. Us Methodists, you know, we. I haven't seen too many people get up and dance on the pew. Although it's okay. They're sturdy enough. They'll hold you. And that's why I say at the, at the end of my benediction, uh, dance like no one is watching. Because we're too timid to dance in front of others. Unless you've been on dancing with the stars <laughs> dance 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 like no one is watching because he is alive and we can have a spring in our step and hope in our hearts Brene Brown writes laughter song and dance create emotional and spiritual connection they remind us of the one thing that truly matters when we're searching for comfort celebration inspiration or healing we are not alone and that's the message that the disciples began to understand now there wasn't a big crowd on that first easter like there is right now in fact many of them were hiding in their home what for the witch hunt that was going on because of all that had taken place they cowered in fear, and it was only when Jesus made himself known to them that they began to garner strength and resilience for the road ahead. I like what Chuck Colson, who uh, was one of the, uh, the, the guilty ones in the Watergate scandal back in the 1970s, now some of you are way too young to remember that, but I'm not anymore, <clears throat> but he wrote a piece that uh, has often even circulated on the web. And he says, I know the resurrection is a fact, and Watergate proved it to me. And it was Chuck Colson that uh, spent some time in prison because he was convicted for being a part of the big lie. He said, how did Watergate prove it? Because 12 men, he said... Testified they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. And every one of them was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. They would not have endured that if it weren't true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep a lie for three weeks before being caught. You're telling me 12 apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. That's the story of the church. Yes, the Bible attests to that. But the Bible isn't the center of our faith. The Old Testament pointed to Jesus, and when Jesus was here, the New Testament hadn't even been written yet. And when it was written, it was all testimony about what had happened that day, that week, when Jesus was crucified and made alive again. And so it is all about the event. It's the event that birthed the church. Good Friday was the birth of our salvation. Easter was the birth of our eternity. And we are here today to recall that event and to know how he has risen because he has risen within our hearts. The early Christians encountered people who were curious about the faith that was in them. Yes, it was dangerous to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus, but there were people <clears throat> who noticed that, that these followers of Jesus were a little bit more kind to, to uh, uh, one another, and they were a little bit more honest in their dealings, and they uh, were a little bit more patient in tribulation, and they wanted to know why. And over time, they would tell them the story of why. But they had to be careful. They didn't just invite them to come to church like we do today. Come on over! Because they had to be careful. They didn't know who was going to rat them out to the authorities and turn them in for being followers of this new religion. And so they had to be very careful. And so patiently, the church grew in the midst of suffering and persecution because the people that really wanted to hear their testimony kept returning, kept asking questions, and over a period of time responded to the teaching of the disciples as they told them the story about Jesus. And over time, sometimes as much as a year, they would learn from them, and then the invitation would come to be baptized And to enter into the community of faith. And that baptism would be an entrance right into the family of God. It would be a day of celebration. A day to remember that he was alive not only in the world, but now alive within. It's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story. So, if you uh, want to hear more about that story, we'd like to uh, share that with you. If you would like to be baptized, we would like to welcome you into the family of God. If you have a child that hasn't been baptized, any Sunday, any pastor, any service will be appropriate. Please know that the reason we're here today is because he lives, and I know how he lives. Because he lives within my heart. Christ is risen. Is risen Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right. It's time to get on with the service because we've got an Easter egg hunt a- a- coming. Okay.